taught classes for years. I could probably speak where I didn't need a microphone, but that's okay. Reading from Romans chapter 1, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom are ye also called to Jesus Christ, to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I want to thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. Your prayers have contributed to healing of many, and uh, your friendship is very precious to us. Let's pray. Dear Lord, Thank you for all the many blessings that you have bestowed upon us, on all of us. Help us to live lives pleasing to you. Open our hearts to the message that Pastor Aubrey brings to us today and help us use it in our lives. Wrap those struggling with health problems, death of loved ones, and family troubles in your loving arms as only you can do. Watch over our members of the armed forces and first responders as they risk their lives to protect us. Protect us as we leave today, and help us to spread your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, folks, for the prayers and all the good wishes and thanks that I've received over the past few years, year and a half or two. Uh, your prayers can be felt physically. If you don't believe it, get into my condition and you'll see. Thank you. What is Santa Claus's favorite sandwich? What is Santa Claus's favorite sandwich? I don't know. What is it? Peanut butter and jolly. <laughs> Peanut butter and jolly. There you go. All right.
What did the cloud wear under his raincoat? What did the clown wear under? Cloud. Cloud. What did the cloud wear under his raincoat? I don't know. Thunderwear. Thunderwear. <laughs> that, was good. that was good right there. Thunderwear. That's like quackers. That's good. All right. Good news. <laughs> what do you call a sleeping dinosaur? What do you call a sleeping dinosaur? I don't know. A dino snore. A dino snore. <laughs> Outstanding. Thank you. Thank you. Good stuff, huh? Amen. Oh, thank you, Lord. That's good. That's good. I, I do want to ask you to keep Tammy in your prayers. Uh, her stepfather, they brought hospice in uh, this last week, and uh, she has diligently been working and uh, going back to Porte Angelo the last four or five weeks. And it's uh, been very hard on her. Wearing, it's just been a difficult time. Okay. But anyway, I was told, don't, I, you know how you hit on the, yeah, don't do that. You do, but don't, because yeah, it breaks stuff. So I'm learning, old habits. Uh, but uh, we had a great conversation yesterday, and we were, uh, <clears throat> you know, we all, as we live our lives and we deal with the certain events in our life, circumstances, things that we're struggling with and through, it's, it can be pretty difficult. And uh, I really like, her thoughts and some of the things that were coming out of her heart and, and uh, led her to some questions and <clears throat> was just able to share with her. And I just wanted to share this with you too. You know, whenever God, whatever's going on in our life, there's two things that God is trying to accomplish. And it doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter what stage we're at in our life, how old we are. Uh, by the way, I just have to say this. I went to watch our Sunday school classes this morning and, and I have to tell you, your kids are really, 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 really well served. Uh, in fact, I wish I'd had a camera in Shauna and Betty Cotton's. It was great. And it was about, they were teaching them from the Exodus. And our kids were locked in, paying attention, had the answers. And uh, it was outstanding. It was talking about grumbling. Let's see, we'll try this again. It should work. I'm sorry. I think it works. Woohoo! Anyway, uh, so the class they did was uh, the children of Israel to Exodus and uh, the grumbling. It was about the grumbling. And uh, I, I just thought, what an outstanding job. And then uh, Mary and Monty are in there and uh, challenging the kids and giving them a game to play that challenges them. And I didn't get to spend as much time with them, but our kids are being really well served. So if you're not bringing the kids to Sunday school, you need to. They're, they'll be blessed. And we have our kids, are, our kids are being really well served. It's good. But I had mentioned to Tammy, I said, there's two things that God is always accomplishing in our lives as he works in our lives. And that is uh, teaching us how to honor him and grow our love. 
if you and I, if, if we just had the knowledge, the standard, the goal, the emphasis in our life, that whatever we put our hand to and whatever we're having to deal with in our lives, understanding that how can I honor God and is my love growing, then that's it. I mean, you really, everything that you would think of scripturally that you could learn from or add to or equate with those two statements, that covers the entirety of doctrine. It does. Whatever I'm going through, how does it help me honor God? How am I honoring God? How should I honor God? I don't care what it is. I don't care how difficult or how confusing the moment is. And then, is my love growing? My love for God, my love for others, my love for my enemies. And if those two things are being accomplished, you can be absolutely sure that the will of God is being accomplished in your life as he grows us. He grows us. So just wanted to share that with you. And uh, obviously, thank you for your prayers. She does feel them. Keep her in your prayers. And uh, we have a lot of folks here that are in the midst of some kind of physical or emotional or some struggle that they're dealing with too. And obviously, we have been called to be in prayer for one another. So uh, we're going to continue our study. I ask you to go to uh, where our scripture reading was this morning, uh, the book of Romans in chapter 1. Uh, thank you for the scripture reading uh, versus uh, those first uh, seven verses in the first chapter of Romans. And so we've been moving forward and we've been talking really in this series about what does faith require. And we had moved to this, this statement about the witness uh, in 1 John. There are three that testify that witness the water, the blood, and the spirit. And then we talked about uh, the witness of John the Baptist in chapter 1 and uh, the Gospel of John. I gave a handout this morning. I actually did this two weeks ago, and I had sent you an email. But our identity, the way you and I identify ourselves, should be known from what Scripture teaches. So in other words, when I start, well, this is the witness about me. This is what you can believe about me. This is what you should know about me. Uh, John was asked that question. And his identity was in Scripture. And, and you and I, well, there's just a handful of verses, and those are verses that are foundational for me. Those verses uh, ground me. They keep me, I believe, where God needs and wants me to be. No matter what's going on in my life, I can go back to those verses, and those just a handful, and say, now, wait a second. This is who Scripture says that I am. This is who God designed me to be. This is the reality. This is the only eternal reality. Every other reality is temporary. So, I, in the next step of this spiritual process, um, you know, the witness of John, your witness, my witness, the passage in Colossians chapter 3, whatever you do, whatever you do, in word and deed, do in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks uh, through him to God the Father. So, you bring all that together. Um, the use of a personal pronoun. How, during the week, how many times do you use the word I? You're speaking about yourself. I, me, my. Well, I, this, or I feel this way, or I want this, or I. I, I mean, we use it a lot, don't we? 
We do. We talk about I a lot. Me, my, I. And, uh, and, and so if you were around somebody uh, at school or a family member, and in just four or five sentences, they used the term I 15 times, let's say a dozen or 15 times, what would you think about that? I mean, we would call that per, I mean, pretty self-centered, wouldn't we? And you may know people like that. You may be that person sometime. Where all you want to do is talk about me, I, my. And, and we, 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 we want to promote ourselves. We want to, uh, you know, uh, draw attention to ourselves. Uh, uh, we want to enlighten people about the greatness of I. And, uh, and we do it. We all do it. And, and we do it, to, you know, I think from the very infancy of our life, we're we're taught to think in terms of I. I matter. This is mine. Me. My. My kingdom. My kingdom. And we do that. And, and when I think about honoring God and growing love and whatever I do in word and deed, do in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when I think about who God has called me to be, living by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. He is the author and perfecter of faith. Uh, Hebrews in chapter 12 and verse 3, uh, that consequently faith comes by hearing and hearing the story of Christ, Romans 10 and 17. And I think about what God is required, what God requires, what he is growing and doing in my life, and then how central that is to my existence here on earth. God has and had and has a purpose for you and I. God gave you and I air. Oxygen, life, blood. He gave us a, a, a birth date. And, and he has given us a final physical date here on earth. Known only to him. And that period of time, we're here for a purpose. And it's not our purpose, it's his purpose. And we're here to honor him. And so, but we're born into sin. David talks about that in the 51st uh, Psalm. He's just, we're born into iniquity. We're born sinners. We have the flesh and we struggle. And, and the truth is, we probably worry more about I, me and my, than we do others. We become very self-centered. Our sinful nature requires that you and I be self-centered. You ever think about that? Our sinful nature requires that you and I be self-centered. And we're pretty coy about it. Satan, when you think about spiritual warfare and how that manifests itself in our, in our daily living, the Scripture says Satan, in 1 Peter, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Paul writes to the Ephesians that our struggle is not a physical struggle, it's a spiritual battle. And so you think about our living here, what God has purposed to do, purposed us to do, and the struggle that we have. Uh, it, and you put all that together. Satan's great victory, if he has such a victory, or if he would consider victory, is one, every time that you and I, especially you and I Christians, in our self-centeredness, we sin, and we sin in our self-centeredness. 
It's the struggle, isn't it? And so we do it. Preachers do it. Uh, you know, isn't it interesting? Uh, I know there are times in my life I like hearing this coming off my tongue to someone. Well, I'm the pastor at Zion Church Curtain. Why would I say that? I'm not just pointing a finger at me. Why would I say that? What is it that I'm trying to accomplish in that? No, I know. God certainly knows. I'm trying to win some favor, increase maybe some level of respect, establish myself in, you know, there's some value to that statement that it might have with someone. Well, I'm the pastor at the Zion Church Curtain. I'm just telling you. And you can just do it in any, any aspect of your life. Well, I used to ride bulls. I've even heard it so negatively. I've heard convicts over the years, convicted felons, as a badge of honor say, well, I've been to prison. Like that means something. To a certain group, it probably does. I mean, just think of it in your own life. The way our sinful nature promotes ourselves as we talk about our identity and I. And, and, and how pride would, well, I'll tell you what. Well, I'll do this, but I'm not going to do that. Well, you need to know this about me. I don't know if you've ever used any of those statements. Well, I'll do this, but I won't do that. Well, I have a line right here. I mean, you can just think about it. And so, when I think about purpose and identity, uh, the growing spiritual counseling, guiding, leading work of the Holy Spirit of Christ in, in, in you and I as Christians, I, I look at these verses here that we're going to read in the first chapter of Romans, and you should highlight them. You should highlight them. There is a time... When I is appropriate. There is a time when I is appropriate. And here's the great thing about these verses. Uh, I don't know what, what you know about systematic theology or the harmony of Scripture. But it has to do with the right way to study Scripture. And, and one of the ways and one of the things that you do uh, and it's a great proof text or verification of the authenticity, uh, authenticity of Scripture, is that when you, when, you, when you look at one section of Scripture and it lays a foundation, a doctrinal foundation, a statement about something, that, that one of the great things about this wonderful old book written thousands of years ago with no cell phones and no... Uh, <laughs> modern technology or emails or computers or fax machines or copying machines, uh, that uh, there's no way through the centuries, the millennia, that these writers of Scripture could have communicated with each other. And so what Paul says in the first century, the Apostle Paul, Moses already said it 1,500 years before. And vice versa, and all the prophets, that there's perfect harmony in this. And it's amazing because it, for that to have happened, you couldn't, Vegas wouldn't give you odds. Vegas wouldn't give you odds to, on the authenticity of Scripture as it has to do with the harmony and the truth that is found in that harmony.
And that one scripture complements another scripture. And then if you're willing to take the time and the energy and the effort, you indeed will see the inspiration of the Holy Spirit because of the perfection that exists in this ancient, wonderful old book. And the reason I went through that little exercise because the verses that we're going to read here that has to do uh, when I is appropriate, there is a spiritual doctrinal tenet to this that applies to you and I. And it's applied throughout history. And the beauty in this one section of Scripture, if you want to do the work, and believe me, you can do the work, and it's good work, you'll find that every time Paul uses the term I, that everything in these short series of verses, the dozen to 15 times that he uses I, me, and my, covers the entirety of what Scripture has to say about I, when I, is appropriate. What, you see this, this incredible work of the Spirit of God in this apostle as he writes to a church of Christians that he longs to see using the personal pronoun I that in this section of Scripture everything that you need to know about I, you, me, my, and our relationship with God and when it honors God and grows our love for Him, for others, for one another, and even our enemies, is right here. You can This could be the center of a wagon wheel, and every spoke would touch every place in Scripture about the spiritual I that God wants you to be, the spiritual me and my. Now, here's a great thing this morning. You want to find some encouragement? If you get this, if you hear this, and you start to measure this in your own life, Something wonderful is going to happen for you. And I mean, it's good stuff. You talk about spiritual food, folks. This is way better than what you're going to eat next door. Next door is pretty good, but it's temporary. And it turns into waste. This is eternal. This, this is absolutely eternal. This is, if you were to measure, if you could be honest, if you wanted to be honest with a friend or a family member or a cohort, uh, where you talked about the actual genuine place in your life that you're at right now. Peace, happiness, love, anger, struggles, jealousy, envy, pride, fear, anxiety, whatever it is. I'm telling you, if you get this, if you connect the dots here, and you apply it to your daily existence as an I, a me and a my, that God has an intended purpose for, then you two things will happen. You'll start to understand that statement when Jesus said, I came so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. You'll understand when a guy like uh, Joseph, and he gets out of prison from brothers that spending 13 years in Egyptian prison and Potiphar's wife, the false accusations, and going back, his brothers selling him into Egyptian bondage and all the suffering, and then years later, God elevates him to power only equal to Pharaoh. And, and he has a chance for vengeance with his brothers. And he would say, what man intended for evil, God intended for good. He understood this. When Paul is in prison, and he, he's a prisoner, and he writes Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians, these great doctrinal, Holy Spirit-inspired words of instruction to the New Testament church. You know, he makes a statement, I have learned the secret. I have learned the secret to be content in every situation. It has to do with this, this tenet right here. 
And this is the most personal of tenets, foundations, biblical foundations. Because there's not a person in here that this doesn't apply to. You can walk out of here today and you can firmly measure yourself. I don't care what's going on in your life. I don't care what thing is happening in your life. These statements that Paul is making right after the opening statements, using the personal pronoun I, have everything to do, everything to do, biblically, Genesis through Revelation, on your level of understanding your purpose, living peacefully and contently with God, and being that Christian that God wants you and I to be and is growing us to be and where our desires should be. So let's, let's read these words together. Romans chapter 1, beginning in verse 8. And he does this, by the way, not only the entirety of Scripture as it deals with the personal pronoun, he does it chronologically because he knows what goes first. In fact, he says, first, verse 8, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all because your faith is being proclaimed throughout the whole world. The Zion Church of Curtin. Paul's writing to Christians in Rome. I drove through Lomita yesterday. I spent five years there as their preacher. I spoke to a church member uh, the day before that I had been their preacher in Abilene for 14 years. And the day before that, I spoke to and corresponded uh, through a, a text um, with a dear friend of mine who's been a Christian friend of mine since the first church that God uh, gave me the opportunity to minister to in Rock Springs, Texas. And I couldn't help but think of this word in this language. First. In church, I, I, I don't want to oversell this. Sometimes the very thing that is happening in front of us, we don't really fully, we don't grasp the full significance of it. Every Wednesday night, we meet over here, this Awanis. And some of you have served here for many years in many capacities. I mean, when you think about all the moments in your life and all the things that God is doing in your life and the impact that it's having, not just temporarily, not the increasing of a bank account or holdings, possessions, homes, vehicles, jewelry, whatever, career advancement, business growth. You have, this, you have nothing more in your life to be thankful for other than the Christians that God has assembled brought together to fulfill his purpose in the life of all of humanity right here in Curtin, Texas and throughout the world and on a Wednesday night? You want something to be thankful for? I mean thankful for. How many of you were thankful for a Texas A&M football victory yesterday? Really thankful? Or if the Cowboys win today or whatever seems to be important to you that makes you happy, you say, man, that's great. Some contract you might sign. Man, that's great. Man, I'm so thankful. Well, it's nothing. It's vanity. It means nothing at all. It's really nothing even to be thankful for. Oh, you can be thankful for it. 
You're going to have gratitude, and you should. That right here, Wednesday night, this morning, I walked in, and I saw Shauna and Betty Cotton and your children in there, and baby, they're locked in. Mary and, you know, Monty are over there, and you got your kids here, and this, I sat right there, and I look at these group of kids right here. I, I, I just, I see Mark pouring his heart up here, Nicole, Steve, Doug, you got Callista up here. She's working. Everybody, we're here. We got to get, come up and they're lighting candles and, and uh, we're ringing a bell out there. And, you know, I, what do you, did you, and I could just go on and on and on, but I want you to stop and think because Satan doesn't want you to stop and think. First, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. Because your faith is being proclaimed throughout the whole world. I don't think there's anybody on a megaphone. I will tell you this. I got an email several weeks ago. Somebody stumbled across our website in Cape Town. And I've been emailing them. They don't have a preacher. And they were Googling a title. There's a sermon. Do you think of coincidence? I don't. So we correspond every week. And they ask questions about the sermons. And Well, that's not me. That's you and us. We're connected. I'm not here without you. And you're not. Listen, God brought us together. We're sharing our faith. You support me. I support you. This is God, man. This is eternal stuff. His word never returns void. When you allow a church, when you as a congregation, you by faith contribute so a church can do prison ministry or any ministry that we're involved in. I don't care what it is. God's word doesn't return void. And you talk about being thankful. It's the thing, Satan, this is the thing that he would love for you and I to take most for granted. Souls are being, listen, God is saving souls through your hands and your feet and your prayers. Seeds are being planted. I could go on and on. I could give you 30 years of stories where somebody took somebody to Sunday school. A seed was planted. God was honored. Now that's something to be thankful for. God has put you in this position. You didn't put yourself in this position. And so I love the way he says it. I thank God through Jesus Christ for you all because your faith is being proclaimed throughout the whole world. I was thinking about that last night. I'm driving home from San Angelo. I was thinking about Lomita and Bernie and Rock Springs and Abilene and Zion. And I just was overwhelmed with gratitude through Jesus Christ for you, for my brothers and sisters in Christ and the faith that's being proclaimed through the whole world, one soul at a time. Now listen to this. Verse 9, for God whom I serve in my spirit in the preaching of the gospel of his son is my witness. There's that word again. As to how unceasingly I make mention of you. I hope you know, and I cannot speak for anybody else, and please do not take this as, as slap, but I want you to know when I speak of this church, to others. My dad, I spent the night with him Thursday night. I, 
I probably should record the things that I say about you to my dad. My, my father-in-law, stepfather, he's dying, his mother, yesterday had the opportunity, the day before. You know what the bright light in my life is? But the very bright light in my life is. Seriously, the time that I'm at the greatest peace in my life, I cannot speak for you, but when I'm gathered here together with you, literally, Sunday morning, during the week you come by, Wednesday night, this is good because God made it good. And we should never, you should never stop. You ought to everybody you meet. Let me tell you about where God has me. Let me tell you about the family that I'm involved with. Let me tell you about our church. Let me tell you about all the good and the things that God is giving us increase. Give thanks for that. Now, if you just started right there, with, let me ask, no matter what's going on in your life, and you could just say, man, God, thank you. First, you've surrounded me with godly people who love you and serve you. I, I, I want to tell others. I want to witness about that. Now, measure that against anything else that's going on in your life. Things that have you worried and anxious and over, you know, burdened. Stop. Quit it. Change it. Think about you. Think about your brother and sister in Christ. Think about what God is doing through you and I. Be thankful for that. Verb, talk about that. And then we just keep going. You just mark these. Verse 10. Always in my prayers making request. If perhaps, now at least by the will of God, I may succeed in coming to you. He, these were people he was far and apart from. This is what he was thankful for. He was always making, I come to you. I hope that you and I never, one of the things that's the saddest thing in, in a church family, Christians, is where we we don't, we're not, we don't fully grasp the gift that God has given you and I. We're going to have it right next door. We got a men's camp out coming up. We got the ladies involved in a great ministry, heartfelt ministries. I mean, it just needs to be more. Because this is where your joy is. This is where God intended you to find joy. And look, he's just praying, man, I, in my prayers, making requests that perhaps now, at least by the will of God, I may succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you. And listen to this. Now, this is why. I long to see you, that I may impart some spiritual gift to you, that you may be established. That is, I may be encouraged together with you, while among you, each of us by the other's faith, both yours and mine. And I don't want you to be unaware, brethren, but that... Often I have planned to come to you and have prevented, been prevented thus far in order, but he said, all he's talking about, in order that I may obtain some fruit among you also, even as among the rest of the Gentiles. You know what that picture of verses is? He said, all he said, man, I need you. I want you. I got stuff to give to you, and you got stuff to give to me. I have been in churches where there is a lack of gratitude. It's the wrong kind of eye. 
Well, I'm not being met. My needs aren't being met here. Something's happening, and it's negative. But it's not this. I mean, there's not a time that I come here in your, this, as we assemble together. There's not. Well, I don't hear something from somebody at this church that helps me. Not one time in, since December will be two years. I could get very specific, but it would embarrass some of you. In, in a, you know, and so many of you don't want to be talked about. I, he's talking about, man, I need you and you need me. I have something to give you and I need to get something from you. That's something to be thankful for. The greatest gifts that I have personally in from the position of gratitude in the last 30 years is the way my brothers and sisters in Christ, great elders and preachers and godly women and Sunday school teachers and just church members have given me something. You ever just been so down? Life's got you down. You know, we turn to a lot of things. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm depressed, I'm upset, I'm, I don't understand what's going on. Well, I just, if I can just get home and open that bottle of wine, maybe I'll just zone out on the TV. You know, I'll just look at that idiot tube and forget the world listening to a bunch and watching a bunch of foolishness. Or maybe I'll find my escape or a momentary vacation on social media. Or it could even be worse. The greatest encouragement I have in my life, no matter what's going on, I'm going to tell you, folks, I'm going to be real honest with you. I believe in spiritual warfare. And you may not know this, but there's been Sunday mornings in my ministry where I'm walking over here on Sunday morning and I'm mad. I'm angry. I've had words with my wife because she was wrong. <laughs> you know, hey, we can delete that from the... <laughs> yeah, back that one up. But seriously, I've had worries of my children. Worries, you know, Paul goes, I've got worries and worries and this, worries and this, and worries and a part of this. The extent he goes and you read it in 1 Corinthians, he said, I, man, I've got, I've got all these worries and apart from all that, the, all these things, that there's exter external worry, there's this work for the church. And I've walked over here on a Wednesday night, Sunday morning, and I'm defeated. And you, you, the Spirit of Christ in you grounds me, lifts me up, reminds me that the manifold wisdom of God is now made known through the church, the assemble, you and I, Ephesians chapter 2. 
and everything else is vanity. But this isn't vain. You're not vain. The Spirit of Christ in you is not vain. I have something to offer you. And you have something to offer me. That's eternal. And it's not temporary. Be thankful for that. And we'll finish here. He said, I'm under obligation. Verse 14. Both to the Greeks and to barbarians. Both to the wise and to the foolish. Thus for my part, I'm eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. Listen, man. I, I got it. God's got, when I'm in Rome, I'm with the Romans. When I'm in the Greeks, I'm with the Greeks. He would say, he said, I'm under obligation. I have an obligation. This is a good I. This is when I is appropriate to understand your obligation. Most of what you and I do, or many of the things that you and I do in the world of I, is based upon some kind of false obligation. We've obligated ourselves to something or someone that really is, We've made it important, or maybe the world has made it important. And so we're like a dog chasing our tail. We're obligated to something or someone based upon I and what I think is important. And this is what Paul said. Let me tell you what's important. I am under obligation, both to the Greeks and the barbarians, both to the wise and the foolish. Thus, for my part, I'm eager to preach the gospel to uh, you also who are in Rome. And then in this great verse, the paramount verse that covers the I in Scripture, that is, covers everything that you could, whatever you could say about you, me, my, I, and God's purpose in our life, this is it. Here's the verse. This is the one. This is the one that connects every I statement in Genesis to the ones in Revelation. It covers the name of God. God's name is I am. Not I was, not I'm going to be, but I am. What other name could you give an, a, a completely sovereign, omnipotent, omnipresent God? There could be no other name. He told Moses, you want my name? My name is I am. Think about that. In the and now put it in place of this verse. Man, he said, I'm thankful for the church. I'm thankful for you. First, I'm just thankful for what Jesus Christ is doing through you. I'm, I need something from you. You need something from me. My obligation is first to God and the gospel of preaching the gospel. And then here it is. This is the one. This is the verse. This is the one that gets it all, covers it all, extends it all. And this is the one. For, here's a good use of personal pronoun I. <laughs> I'm not ashamed of the gospel. What are you ashamed of in your life? Because a lot of what drives us in the I world, the me and my, are the things that I'm ashamed of. Let me tell you something. Here's my little one-minute sermon to you guys. You know where you're going to find the most problems in your life? Where well, you're going to find the most problems in your life. And when you find yourself, your little inanimate I, me, my, and you're in a situation, and the, so much of the things that can be destructive in your life and hurtful in your life and harmful in your life, is going to be what you've equated, what you've decided is important in your world. And then you're going to respond to that. And, and you want a great picture of people not doing something or doing something because of shame? It's called our prison system. People motivated to do crimes or not do the right thing 
But it gets even there. You may find yourself in a situation. Jake Hooker was right here in this stage several, two months ago. And he gave his testimony. He said, you know what? I, I was a kid and I moved to a new congregation or new school. And he said, I was Christian. And I started talking to all these new about Christ and my Christianity and my faith. And he said, I was shunned for it. You might find yourself in a position sometime. Maybe it's the young man you fall in love with or a young girl you fall in love with in love with, or a group of kids you want to be or somebody you want. Maybe it's a place where you're working in your job. And it's not cool to be a Christian. Christ is ridiculed. Christians are ridiculed. They're spoken harshly about. God's word is mocked. And you know what happens? You become ashamed. Well, I don't want to talk about that over there because, you know, I'm ashamed. And so we don't. We, our obligation is wrong. Our obligation. I'm obligated to prove. I'm obligated to me. I'm obligated to my popularity, my needs, my wants, my belonging. And Chris, I'll be Christian. I'll be Christian to a point. But there might be a point that I need to be ashamed of that. Really? Because that's what happens. And Paul's saying right here. He said, "I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because I figured something out." Knowing this is why I'm obliged. This is where my obligation comes from. I can be ashamed of a lot of things in life. I can shy away from a lot of things. I can avoid a lot of things in my life. But listen to this. And those things are always the things that you're going to find. I can find out where your, oblig where your obligations lie. When you somebody start talking about I, well, I this, not that, not this, well, I won't, I want, oh, you find where a man's obligation is. But right here, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. And then he quotes the great prophet Habakkuk. Well, you ought to go home and read Habakkuk if you want to make sense of this verse. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. You can only live by faith if you're obligated to serve God, not ashamed of his gospel because it's the power of God unto salvation. That's the proper use of I. That's when I coming off my tongue sounds real good. That's when I'm talking about I, me, my. When God is honored and my love grows. I want to challenge you between now and next week. I want you to read the third chapter of Philippians. Paul would give a testimony. He said, I was, I was born of the tribe of Benjamin, circumcised on the eighth day, a Hebrew, as the word of God without flaw. And then he moves into another series of personal pronoun I. He said, but I. Read that. And we'll move there next week. Read that. Thank you. First, I thank God for letting me be here. 
And I thank you, if I've not ever told you this, church, I, I want you to hear it. I thank you for the encouragement that you give me. The love that we have for God and the love that we have for one another. And the strength that we can receive from one another. As I and me and you strive to live for God daily, holy and daily. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for this church. Thank you for this congregation. Thank you for the hearts that you've brought together here and the spirits and the lives that you've blended and brought together and sewed together. Father, I pray that each of us, the love we have for each other as our love for you grows and our love for each other would grow. I pray that our obligation will be first and foremost to you and one another, your word and the preaching of the gospel. Father, I thank you for the salvation that exists in this church, knowing that you have saved us. And so we give thanks to you for that. And it is in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.